Welcome to the Military Child Education Coalition podcast, the show that highlights a wide range of challenges and triumphs that our military-connected kids experience. My name is Nikki Harrison, and I'll be your host today. We'd like to say thank you to the support of the Dover Spouses Club for this episode. Joining me today is Brooke Schmidt, and we'll be talking about how goals are an integral part of placement in special education. Joining me today is Brooke, and she is with the Parents Place of Maryland, and I would love for her to just share a little bit about herself and who she is and the Parents Place of Maryland. Yeah, thanks, Nikki. So I am our co-deputy director of quality and programs here at the Parents Place of Maryland. And so what that means is I um, kind of help at a leadership level um, at Parents Place. And we are the parent training and information center for the state of Maryland. So every state across the U.S. has to have a place for parents to go to kind of ask questions and learn about special education process. And we are we are that center here for Maryland. We also hold the family to family grant. So we are the health information center as well. So we hold those two federal grants. And then we also do some military outreach work. We hold a small grant that allows us to do that and serve our military families here in the state. I personally come from military background. I'm an army brat and also a prior army wife. And we have seven kiddos in a blended family ranging from 15 down to six. So very personally close to this line of work as well. I've got two kiddos with disabilities out of those seven. And so it brought me into this work that I've been doing for about six years now. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit about yourself. And wow, seven kids in the, the blended family. I love that. I only have two. So I'm like, you've <laughs> definitely got your hands full there with seven. So we're talking about such an important topic, which is this special education placement and how to develop goals. And so first, I think just talking about what exactly is special education placement? So when we talk about special education, we talk about it being a program and that it's in a location that's individualized for each individual, for each unique child's needs. And so placement specifically, when we're talking about that is where the services and supports that are being provided within an IEP, um, where they're occurring and in what program or what location they are occurring in. So that can range anywhere, you know, from a, on a continuum. So it can range from the general education classroom with just a few accommodations and supports in place, or it can range all the way up to a self-contained classroom or a specific um, program based on that child's needs as well. Well, that's good to know, because I think sometimes when we're talking about the subject of special education, we sometimes don't talk about how that placement happens. So I think it's good to, to kind of know what that is. When we're talking about the placement, who exactly is making these decisions? Is Are they decisions that are kind of initiated by the parent? Are they initiated by the school, uh, maybe a counselor? So, I mean, is it a team effort maybe of who's making the decisions? 
Yeah, of course. It's so it's definitely a team decision. Um, all IEP decisions, we you know we try to tell all the parents we work with that you're an equal member of that IEP team and your voice matters in that. And you know, especially even as the child gets older, the student can be a part of that IEP team and play a role in that. But all of those decisions should be jointly made. Um, you know, a parent knows their child best. They're there from from birth all the way through and that IEP team, especially with military families moving around is, is gonna change, right? So um, definitely important for the parent to play a role in that, but it should be a, a team decision for everybody at that IEP table to share their input and any data they have and, and talk about what's best for the needs of that child together. I'm glad that you said it's a team effort because I feel like, you know, like you said, parents are, you know, our child's first and best advocate. And for the most part, I think educators have our kids, you know, interests at heart as well. So working collaboratively seems like the best way forward. What does that ideal process look like of, of putting together the placement? Is there kind of this, uh, is there a standard to follow or some best practices for how that looks? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to look different at every conversation and kind of what's driving the need to discuss placement. But ideally, the team's looking at the goals first. We always say that your IEP goals are helping drive that placement decision. So as a team, when you're sitting down discussing what goals you want your child to work on, where you want them to be a year from now, and then making that decision of in order to get to point B, to get to this goal, what's the best placement decision to be able to reach that? You know, is it going to be less support in a general education environment because our goal is to ease supports away as they're getting older? Or is the kiddo going to be most successful, you know, in a pulled out setting or a, a program that's going to meet their specific needs where they can be more successful to reach those goals? So why exactly is setting goals important in determining special education placement? I know recently you had a webinar that we, you were talking about goals and setting those goals. So why is that important? And what exactly do those goals look like? I know you talked about SMART goals. Yeah, of course. So we, yeah, we definitely talk about that you know, goals are important because that's what's determining what your child's working on during during those service minutes and supports in that IEP. So where do you envision your child being in a year, two years, post high school, what you envision for their adult life? Um, those goals are those stepping stones to help you get there. And, you know, making sure those goals are smart goals, um, you know, standing for specific, measurable attainable, realistic, and time-bound um, are the acronyms that we kind of talk through and, and making sure that those goals are in place and properly helping lead those placement decisions is what's going to ultimately make sure that that vision for your child is, is met in the long term. So do you have an example of a, of a SMART goal? Because I, I feel like, you know, for most of us as parents, we, we, talk about goals and maybe we have goals. I feel like my to-do list sometimes are my, are, are goals for me, goals that hopefully I achieve and checking them off. But is there a specific kind of, of example for an, a SMART goal when we're talking about special education? Yeah. So um, one example I can, I can give you is, you know, we talk about that the overarching goal 
um, is going to have all those those acronyms of a SMART goal. And then that's going to be broken down into objectives, so smaller benchmarks to be able to meet that overall goal. So one example, um, you know, would be using syllable clapping and repetition. The student will be able to identify blended consonant letter sounds at the beginning and end of words 85% of the time over five targeted sessions. And so that kind of marks those boxes of, you know, exactly what, what we're looking for in that goal. It's specific enough that you know exactly what the child's working on, that they're working on the blended consonant sounds, you're working at the beginning and the end of words, and that measurable piece that we're looking for meeting the goal 85 or being able to do that correctly 85% of the time. And they're going to measure that over five different targeted sessions. And that goal will be met annually. And then you can kind of break that down into objectives that for the first quarter of the year, the first quarter of that annual goal will be, you know, working on recognizing recognizing the consonant sounds. And then the next step is being able to recognize and pronounce them at the beginning and then recognizing them at the end and then being able to work those sounds embedded in sentences and paragraphs. And so taking, breaking that down a little further into objectives, um, but making sure each of those goals have all of that, that it's time bound and, and realistic for that individual student. And I love that you talk about the SMART goals and them being specific, uh, realistic, attainable, because I think a lot of time, whether you're looking at special education placement, or even if you're looking at some external services that your, your child may be, uh, you know, attending, you know, you feel like you're going to all these sessions and what, what exactly are we getting out of the sessions, right? Or, you know, are we actually meeting some sort of, of standard at the end? Um, I know I've done that with, with my son where he's attending these sessions. Are we actually improving? Are we developing? Are we growing, learning? And I think those SMART goals are great because they give you kind of those those points where you kind of can say, okay, we've met, you know, this, this goal here, we've, we've hit this wicket, uh, so to speak. And so I like, I like that, because I think as parents, you may have your child in special education placement in, you know, attending services, uh, and you don't know how it's actually all working together. I, I think sometimes that happens. Yeah. So if you need help coming up with goals, so we talked about the significance of, of, of setting SMART goals, but if you need help developing those, is there somewhere there that you can go to? Is there someone that you could speak with to help kind of put those together? Yeah. So the first resource I always give all the families we work with is to go to your PTI. So no matter what state you're in, there's, there's a parent training information center, like I mentioned. So in Maryland, that's us. But no matter what state you're in, you can actually go to parentcenterhub.com and they have a find your parent center resource on their website where you can look based on your state. And then some states have multiple, so it will break it down by county um, for you to see who your PTI is. It's always a great resource. They can kind of help look through the goals, help you determine if it meets that SMART criteria, kind of help you brainstorm 
Um, there's also some, you know, good resources online. You can you can just do a Google search. There's some resources that will help you talk through how to how to create a, a smart goal based on what you need. And then also just kind of leaning on your IEP team and the other professionals there, you know, the teachers that are working with your child. If you can kind of bring up a concern on, hey, this is a skill that I think my student might need to improve upon or something they might want to work on, they can help brainstorm as well as a team for how to put that into a goal and how to make that possible. I think that's great. Again, I I just wanted to kind of highlight the fact that you said the team. I think that's a, kind of a theme that we have going through this is that it's a team effort with parent educators and professionals kind of all working together to help determine those goals and really to be supportive of the child as, as best possible. Is it ever too late to start special education placement? And I'm thinking about that parent that may be resistant to or have kind of those negative stigmas attached to special education. And so they've kind of avoided the process. And now maybe their child or their children are older, they have that middle schooler or that high schooler, and they've really identified that, gosh, maybe we really do need to look into special education. Yeah, no, I, there is definitely no time. There's no cutoff at when you're too old to qualify for special education. So some kiddos, it doesn't, they don't struggle as much until they get older. You know, so middle school and high school might bring out new challenges that elementary school did not. Um, and that might be the time when you need to look into support. And it's definitely hard. Um, you know, I have a I have a middle schooler as well. So we he has had an IEP in place since he was three, but we've definitely since middle school hit some of that that more difficulty of not wanting to be different and, and stand out. But I think just, you know, talking again as a team, that theme we keep going back to talking as a team and brainstorming, you know, what supports can be put in place where, you know, that doesn't have to be a pullout service. It doesn't have to be the child being removed from the classroom. It could be, you know, accommodations or extra push-in support in the classroom um, where they don't feel as singled out. But absolutely at any point, special education, all the way up through graduation is is there to help kind of level the playing field and put the supports in place as the child needs it. And I think that's great that you said that it's really never too late. And with middle school, I, I think we talked a little bit earlier. I also have a middle schooler and you're right. The challenges arise now. They're they're not just in one class. They're in multiple classes with multiple teachers, with additional, you know, work that they're maybe not used to having. And it starts to kind of those, those areas where they've maybe been able to kind of overcompensate for certain things, they, you know, start to kind of reveal themselves. And so I think that's great. And I know you mentioned as well that, you know, even though that, that IEP in regards to what you're speaking to, um, goes up until high school and graduation, that there's also some of these types of services that are available to college students. So we know the parents' place is based in Maryland, as you talked about a little bit earlier. And when moving, how would the parents' place still be a good resource for our military-connected families that have special education needs? Of course, we know our military connected families are a highly mobile population and they're always moving around. So are there other resources or organizations like the Parents Place available to them? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have several resources that are, we do have some that are state specific to Maryland. Um, we do also have some that are just federal based, right, that would apply regardless of what state you're in, uh, that talk about IDA, which is the federal regulation. Um, and some even just connecting to other resources, a lot of military resources, because families are military families are moving all the time, a lot of military organizations are available in every state. And so some of those resources that we would connect to um, are not always state specific, we could connect to to some across the nation, but I would definitely encourage you know, even if a family contacted us from another state, one of the first things they would do is put them in touch with their local parent center. Um, you know, not every parent center has somebody military specific, um, but every parent center is able to answer questions and serve families in that state and answer those state specific questions that we wouldn't be able to answer. So that's good to know that you're still there if a family needs assistance and it sounds like you're able to refer them to some other resources as they're they're moving around because I think that's really important you know we we get you know stationed one place and we're living there and we get used to all of the the services that are available and then we kind of have to completely uproot ourselves and start over you know that seems to happen where we are always starting over uh, again and again. So I just wanted to ask just one last question of you is, do you have a piece of advice or something that you personally um, have used or you could recommend to our military families in regards to special education placement? Like, is there, is there something that, you know, your own personal little best practice that you have that you could other families about? Yeah, I would say the one piece of advice that applies, especially as a military family moving around is to get comfortable asking questions. You know, it's easy when you get at a table full of other professionals, especially if you're brand new to that school and brand new to that team, um, to be a little intimidated by what they're saying and you don't understand, you know, that state or those, the laws there and how the district does things. And so, you know, being comfortable as a parent to speak up and ask the hard questions and don't, you know, don't shy away from, from having those hard conversations and saying, I don't understand this. Can you show me where this is at in writing? You know, if they're saying something and you don't understand, show me where this is at in your policy. Can you show me where I can find this information? Um, and asking for those pieces of explanation, because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, as a parent, you, you know, your child better than anybody. And so when you're moving from school to school, the school is relying on you to to be able to explain and give the background of your child. You know, your kiddo is more than just a piece of paper, right? So they're only going to get limited information from those IEP and those school documents. And so you being an active participant and asking the questions and speaking up and sharing what you know to be about your child and, and being that best advocate that you can be for your kiddo. I love that. And I love that you said to ask questions and to, if you don't understand, and I feel like that, I feel like that goes for so many things that with for our military connected families, they could utilize that piece of advice is to ask questions. If you don't understand a process, um, there's so many acronyms. I feel like our military community loves an acronym. I feel like the school systems uh, love an acronym too. So when you're not understanding all the different types of testing and and curriculum to to speak up and ask questions, I think I think that's great. I think that's a great 
piece of, of advice uh, for our families. So, uh, well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here today with us and, and sharing kind of all of this knowledge and this information. And of course, we're appreciative of the Parents Place of Maryland for being a really great resource for our military connected families. Of course, thank you so much for having me. I'd again like to thank Brooke for spending time with me today. For those of our listeners that are registered for the Virtual Global Training Summit this summer, you can watch Brooke's entire webinar, Back to Basics, How Goals Drive Placement in Special Education on Demand in the event platform. Thanks for listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a comment on topics you'd like to hear more about. We'd like to give a special thanks again to the Dover Spouses Club for supporting this episode. And we hope you will too by giving today's show a five-star rating. I'm Nikki Harrison. And until next time, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Be kind.